0: Hi there and welcome, thank you for joining our podcast from Rak Ministries Kabecha. Our prayer as a ministry is that this podcast would touch you in a way that will change your life for the better. If you want to get in touch with us or get to know us a little better, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy and be blessed. Apostle Jerome Liberty is the founding Apostle and Senior Pastor of Victory Ministries International in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. He is a visionary, provocative and critical thinker, author, renowned businessman and international speaker on finance, leadership development and mentorship as well as church growth and development. His impact is felt through television, radio, books and conference series. His credo is I believe a city can be born again in one single day. He always concludes his meetings and sermons with an encouraging and uplifting salutation. Reach for the top, the bottom is overcrowded. Church, please receive Apostle Jerome Liberty.
1: Praise the Lord. Shall we stand, Church, as we welcome the Apostle to the stage? Come on, rugby. You can do much better than that. Let's welcome the man of God to the stage, the Apostle, we thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm, What an honor to be here tonight. I want to salute the King and the Queen of this house. Thank you for the invitation leadership. I'm really honored to be here. I know I'm here by divine assignment. And in preparation for this meeting, I felt that there was a lot of people pulling on the hem of my garment. In faith, you need something that you believe God has deposited in my life that will bring some revelation to where you find yourself. And uh, I believe I'm here by obedience. I'm blessed by the atmosphere in this place. I'm blessed by your level of excellence. I'm blessed by your level of faith. And I want to give glory that God has brought you to our city to come and help us to deal with some demons that I cannot deal with. (laughs) Let us honor the man and the woman of God. Amen. You may be seated. I am the least of the apostles that I may be asked to minister on such an occasion such as this. The book of Luke, chapter 2. Verse 49. These were the first recorded words of Jesus in the Bible. The first time we ever heard him speak. He was lost and his parents were looking for him. And he said unto them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I am? about my father's business. And the first words that Jesus spoke, he said, I'm, I've come here to do my dad's business. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19, "A feast is made for laughter, wine maketh merry, but money, Answereth all things there are some things in your life that you will not find answer to until you produce the money it is money that brings you out of the school classroom into a building such as this luke chapter 19 Verse 13, calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minus money. And he said to them, now Jesus started by saying, I'm about my father's business. And here's he coming more towards the end of his ministry. And then towards the end of his ministry, he says, I want you to do business until I come back. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. Do you see a man skillful at work? Such a man, he shall stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men, common men. Common men. He shall stand before, he shall stand before, he shall not stand before common men. It's amazing, we were born in poverty, and I'll share with you my journey in a moment, and then God made me rich. And please believe me, I'm not saying that with, with any arrogance or any ungodliness, in us. Paul says, if I boast, I boast in the Lord. I have been poor, I come from sliced bologna and rama and fish oil. And I stayed in back rooms. I stayed in the back of a church for a year, slept in the back of a church for a year. I discovered the microwave. I put my baked beans inside of the electric kettle. That's how I heated it up in the back room of a church. On a Wednesday, I had to rush back to church to get my underwear out there because the ladies would come and use the ladies toilet that my underwear was in. So I know poverty. The youngsters today speak about poverty with an expensive phone because they do not have data. It's a very different reference for poverty. And strange when God started to bless me, a few things happened. A lot of people called me family, said, "I'm your father's, brothers." Even my enemies started to call me family, my brew. And then also, there were people of a higher caliber who sought my company without me soliciting their presence. And the only difference between me and another brother was the size of the Goliath that I've slain. Because it is the size of your Goliath that will determine the size of your anointing. Any young man at the age of 17 that stands with Goliath's head in his hand will attract attention. Even women started to sing his praises and then his problems started. Proverbs 27 verse 18. Whoever tends to a fig tree will eat its fruit. And this is very important. He who guards, protect, his employee, his master, will be honored. Luke 16 verse 10. It's not uncommon when I teach the word of God that I would share anything from 20, sometimes 50 scriptures in one session. Because I cannot teach you on finances unless it's built upon the word. Anything that's built on sand will not last. There's no such gimmick. You can shout and scream in church. Money cometh to me now. And you'll still be born again but broke. Luke 16.10. One who is faithful in very little. Will also be faithful in much. And he who is dishonest in very little will also be dishonest in very much. I'm going to share you some business principles, business ideas, and the title for tonight's. Meeting is transformation in the marketplace. Transformation in the marketplace. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27. It says, the lazy man. I say the lazy man. I say the lazy man. man." He does not roast his game. The other day I went. It's not my hobby, but I was invited. Another pastor said to me, you need a break. I'm going to take you to a game farm to shoot game. Well, I got there for the first time. I shot and they were falling. Then I took my son with and he shot and they were falling. Then I took my daughter there and she shot. And it was falling. So this white man next door to me. says, hey, it's the first time I see this man. I just invite people for the first time. And they can just shoot that long distance animal. I say, yeah, it's dangerous. You never put a firearm in a colored man's hands. man." <laughs> we, will, we, will, we, will, we will take out. <laughs> but then he told me something. He says to me, because you shot it, you can obviously have the carcass and how much does it cost? Very few rands, I paid for it. He says to me, can you believe me that if I process that, I'll get about six to ten times its value. Roast the game, prepare the game, take it to the next level. Yeah. We go to Nando's and then we buy chicken lovers, not knowing that that was the crumbs that fell off the table that was processed to the next level. That brings them billions over a few years. Just because you love chicken livers. You do not realize you have become an income of wealth. For somebody else that roasted the game. The president announced that there would be lockdown. We didn't have much to do. I went to my garage and I had a small jigsaw. I played with it. And three weeks later I produced a three-seater sofa. Then I made a dining room chair and then dining room tables. Now I've got boardroom tables, sofas, day beds and the list. And I've got my own furniture range because COVID pressed me too hard. And there is something about when you come under pressure, giftings on the inside will come out that you thought you never had. And the enemy will overstep his boundaries and push you into a place of wealth because you can't help but to produce the blessing that is on the inside of you. And some of my tables are valued at almost 100,000 rands apiece. I did not know I had that on the inside of me. You need to... Let's go to Matthew verse 20, chapter 20, verse 3. And he went about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Will you shout that loud, idle in the marketplace? He saw people. He saw people. Then about the ninth hour in the morning, the man saw some other people standing in the marketplace with nothing to do. So the first lot was idle and the second lot had nothing to do. I cannot believe that. Let's go to Matthew 11 verse 16. But to what shall I compare this generation to? This generation, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces who calls out to other children. They are like children calling out to other children. It goes further to say that we played the flute, they did not dance. Reminds me a lot about us as people. And for today, I will... Share with you my testimony and share with you my journey, and, and then I'll say amen until hopefully maybe they invite me back again if I stay on time and not preach for too long. <laughs> I've been teaching on the subject of finances now for twenty five years. I want to share with you my journey. I, uh, those of you that know Galvendale, Hallenville, Stack Street, Yalkstraat, Cobus Road, Gale Road, Bayview Premier, that was my upbringing. Failed a lot at school. When I started at Galvanai. There was another guy. He was in standard nine. He went to Dawa College and he came back as a teacher and I was still at Galvanai. So I had my fair share of failure. But I comfort myself though a righteous man fall at seven times. I've learned that with the matric results it's not the ones that got the A's. It's the ones that fails that will later employ the ones with the A's. Somebody asked me some time ago, Jerome, how many degrees do you have? I said, I don't know because whenever I need one, I call them to the office. So... An amazing journey. I am going to share with you my journey. Who knows at some stage of my journey. You may find yourself. And find answers. And I've been teaching on finances. Having financial workshops. We have a program called. Victory in finance for young people. Under the age of 35. We teach you how to raise your first million. I've had an amazing discovery now in COVID. I was driving down the street. And I'm asking God give me some other ways and share ideas for income and one of them was the furniture. Beautiful furniture pieces. The kind of stuff that you can't even find in PE for sale. Beautiful stuff. Then I was driving and I saw these palm trees with these big clusters of seed on the palm. I've asked the people, can I have it? They said, yes, another lot I have it. I'm now now in process producing 20,000 palm trees. Within five years, I'll be selling them for a thousand rand a piece. It gives you 20 million rands of palm trees. (laughs) Poverty is a choice. Shout it loud. "Poverty Poverty is a choice. Shout even louder. It's not my choice. i'll be the joseph in my family shout it like somebody that's got faith i will be the joseph in my family and uh, i bought my first car for 250 rand There was not a single bolt I'd never touched on that car. I had to fix it. These holy hands. There was one weekend I dropped the gearbox seven times. My wife would help me with oven gloves, giving me on spanners. Little did I know that God prepared me there to have understanding of mechanical repairs. So now that I have over a hundred vehicles, I'm able to give input on their maintenance and their repairs because I had a university degree on the Datsun 120Y that I've done in my valley. So there are some things that you can learn. You will learn in your valley on your way to the palace. Do not discount it and don't curse it and don't come out of your valley too soon. Don't leave your valley too soon. Baby has got to be there for nine months. Don't push it three months. God said to Sarah next year, this time, not tomorrow or next week. You you go through the birth pain stages. You go full circle nine months. So next year, this time you will produce even. I can give you the baby tomorrow morning, but I want you to go through the process. People that gets money through tenderpreneering, through bribery and corruption and the lotto did not go through the process. And as a result of that, they cannot hold on to what they got simply because they bypassed the process. And bought the car for 250 rand, slept on the road on three occasions. Car let me down. And then supernaturally, miraculously, I had a God encounter. I was in a meeting such as this. There was about 2,000 people. A prophet started to preach. He called me forth. He said, lift up your hands. This was at a time in my life when I did not believe in prophecy. So I don't believe in prophecy and here I'm standing. And he says, God has raised you up to be an end time financier. And you're going to sow millions into the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking, I've just put in three rands of petrol in my Datsun 120 twenty. I'm not so sure if he's going to take me back home. I mean, it was such an art for the jockey just to hold that nozzle for three, three rands. And I've got to put this vehicle in neutral to get back home on time and make sure that I make it. And you say, I'm going to sow millions into the kingdom of God. So I got home and I said to my if ever a prophet has missed it, it's this one. So the next night I'm back. Now I'm seated further away. I don't want to be in reach of the prophets. Because every time I felt like if they want to profit, try and profit, lie. They profit, try on me. So let me stay out. So he was preaching and halfway through the ministry, he says, where is the young man I prophesied over last night? So the people were all looking towards me. He says, come here. He said, lift up your hands. I said, when is this going to stop? He said, last night I gave you a word. You went home and told your wife that if ever a prophet has missed it. It's this one. Now I know God is in business. Well, within six months of that prophecy, I was a multimillionaire. It sounds like you're jealous, you don't, you don't do nothing. (laughs) And quite a few things happened in the journey. And I want to share with you one of my business secrets. If I share with you my secret. Because so many times when we have these workshops and businessmen attend and uh, then they ask me after the meeting, it happens from in various places. The last time in Washington DC, what's your secret? I said, well, I've got quite a few secrets. One of them is everything that I've ever learned about business. I've learned from the book of Proverbs. And I wrote the book of Proverbs out in my own handwriting three times and I'm my grandchildren when they come they will receive the book of Proverbs in grandpa's handwriting so that they may read it with my impartation into their spirit and they may receive generational blessing through trans through impartation and uh, so that's my one secret and if you are serious Write out the book of Proverbs and you will find that every time you rewrite it, you'll come across scriptures that you have never seen before. It's like Proverbs will every time be readjusted for wherever you are in your life. And my second secret is the tithe. My first wages was 82 rand a month. I went for the interview. The gentleman told me that my wages was 1,200 Rand. I was, I was out of this world. I've never thought of so much money. 1,200 Rand. So I was going to plan to buy a Datsun Pulser. They was advertising this Datsun Pulser. They were selling brand new for under 3,000 Rand. And I'm going to buy this Datsun Pulser. At the end of the month, I got my payslip. It was only 82 Rand on. I went to go see the boss. I said, what's happening? Something is wrong. He says, no, you check your contract. It's not 82 Rand per month. Uh, 1,200 per month is 1,200 per annum. Of the 82 rand, 40 rand was boarding and lodging. 22 rand was bus ticket to get back to work. 6 rand I would send back to my parents because I believed as a son I need to support my parents. 9 rand was my tithes and my offerings. I did not have enough money left to buy a cold drink a day for 30 days, but I still did not touch the tithe. I now work with millions. I still don't touch the tithe. I don't tithe because I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Some people say, well, you know, tithing is under the law. Tithing is in grace. Okay, let's work grace. Grace means all. you okay. So give everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me use this example. Are you a couple? Your wife? Husband and wife? No, you love her, right? You doubt that? You love her? So the end of the month, she does not go to the law courts to apply the law to get money from you. The only time when she will apply the law is when you stop loving. Those that say tithing is the law, it is because there is no more love left and only the law can make me give. I've got a big problem with the tithe. And my biggest problem with the tithe is too little. Way too little. You can never express your love with 10%. You can never express your love with 10%. I'm a product. My whole life is a product of sowing and reaping. God has done miraculous and supernatural things for us as a ministry, and I can see the testimony of God at work even within this building. And I want to salute you and congratulate you both, men of God. The president announced lockdown. Our ministry is finances is structured that the last two weeks of every month is our wageable, so we have two weeks to run the ministry, and two weeks is the wageable. The president announced not lockdown. It was the two weeks of wages. What am I going to do? It's now two years later. We had a real shutdown. We shut down church in our lockdown. We didn't have services. We gave increase. We added medical aid. We added a million rent life cover for everybody in full-time ministry. We never missed a salary. And God came through for us miraculously, supernaturally and even more so we increased our soup kitchens 11 of them we took care of just about all the pension old age homes in the city we negotiated with checkers to give us a hundred thousand at a time food parcels which they prepare and rep for us and over a half a million of food parcels because i felt there is just no way the gift of the givers can outclass And uh, and miraculously and supernaturally, God called me to speak on finances. I started my ministry preparation in, in the marketplace. The book of Acts, miracles, marketplace miracles. Jesus' parables, marketplace parables. Jesus chose his leadership from the marketplace, not from the synagogue. Therefore, in church, if we have everybody on the leadership from the church, the church will move slowly forward. Somebody said to me long ago, Pastor Jerome, I have nobody on my leadership unless he is a millionaire. I was very offended by that. I felt, how can it be that we've lowered the calling to the qualification of money? But now it's many years later and I agree with him. I mean, I have it in my heart to build on the corner of Stanford Road. To build a cross that's 80 meters high, the tallest on the continent of Africa. That people from all over the world, Sweden and Europe and Germany will come here as tourists just to see this magnificent cross. And you will be able to go into this cross with a lift up right to the top and pray from their prayers over the city. You'll be able to access this cross electronically and there will be an altar where you can kneel and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then you will press a button and it will print out your birth certificate that you've had an encounter with Christ. And then a counselor will pray over you and release you from here to tour the whole of South Africa. Now to build this cross, initially we budgeted it at 57 million and then 103 million. And now we are standing on almost 300 million to build the cross. Now imagine I have somebody on my leadership that speaks to me in Please Call Me's. Pastor, send me mother, please call me. I must send pastor, please call me to come to the meeting. So then the cross is not going to go up in my lifetime. So you can understand that in order for you to lead in the kingdom of God, you need to deal with mammon at a certain level. And you need to meet with giants at a certain level. In many of the meetings that we have, and it's going to happen here tonight, Some withered hands will be healed. You have attempted many things and it failed. You've engaged into business initiatives. You've so much effort, so much money, so 10 years, 15 years of your life. But just before the reward, the enemy would come and steal and take away everything that God has planned for you. No more from tonight. Because there's a miracle and a supernatural that will happen concerning the withered hand. And your withered hand will be healed. And in the year 2022, Wherever you touch. Time is now. Let me share with you some sowing miracles. When we started out, I was ministering one night. There was a brother sitting. I said to him, you know what? I want to test your ground condition. Here is a blank check. Go get for you as much clothing as you can because I want to test your ground condition concerning my harvest. Meaning I need to get a harvest of clothing. If I do not get my harvest, it means you are bad ground and I will not sow in your life ever again. A dear friend of mine came from America. Two big boxes of Florsham shoes. Mm -hmm. And and I had more shoes than my wife. Each pair of shoes cost over 3,000 rand, and he blessed me with it. Another friend of mine says, Jerome, I've just opened up a shop in Sandton with silk ties and silk shirts. Kind of stuff that sells, sells for 10,000 rands apiece. He says, I've brought you the whole stock consignment. You just choose whatever you want. And then I realized I'm getting my harvest. I sold clothing. I got clothing. And since it worked on clothing, then I started to sell money, big money. I remember the first day I sold 10,000. It was quite an experience. I was in a tent meeting, and uh, I, my wife and I prepared some money to buy some items, it was a microwave and a few other things we were going to buy. We saved for a year or two, and we got it. And then eventually, I went to church with the money. Never go to church with the money. Man. And here the offering basket was coming. And the spirit of God says to me, sow the 10,000. I said, devil, I bind your works in Jesus' name. <laughs> and as he was singing, I had my left hand in the pocket and I was counting. Let me just take out 500. One, 10,000, Jerome. Okay, I'll make it a 1,000. Six, seven, eight. 10,000, Jerome. Whew. And eventually the, the offering basket was here close to me and I just grabbed out everything. Jerome, who's going to count this money? It's not in a building. It's in a tent. You don't give that kind of money in a tent. And phew. if you thought the devil spoke to me before I gave the money, you should have heard him what he said after I've put in the money. I almost ran after the basket to say I made a mistake just to And then I've experienced breakthroughs at 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. My next level of giving was 100,000. I can clearly share with you my testimony on 100,000. And then my lifestyle, after sowing at 100,000, dealing with mammon at that level, I moved to a quarter million. And then from there, I stepped into a half a million. One seed. And then we prepared to build this building. It took us three years to raise the first million rand. P.E. 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 offering. Jesus, help us. So I'm looking at this million. And I heard a message that said, if what you have in your hand is not your harvest, it must be your seed. So I got a quotation just to build the outside walls and the roof. No windows, no electricity, no doors. Just a shell so that we could come out of this interior hall and have temporary service. And the quotation was 33 million. So I'm calculating three years for 1 million. 33 million, it's 99 years. So I was then 50 plus 99. Ah. So this can't be my harvest. I can't use this money to build. Sow it. I called the leadership, I said to them, all 12 of them, I'm going to sow this money. They said, Pastor, if God is going to come through, we will be behind you. But if God is not going to come through. (laughs) So I phoned one pastor. I said to him, I've got a million rand I want to bless you with. God says to him, I must clear the whole bank account. When he came a week later, it was 1,140,000. So I took the whole 1,140,000 and I blessed him with it. Prophet Ed Traut two weeks later, came to visit us. The service starts at five o'clock. Ed Trout lands at half past five. He comes from there straight onto the pulpit. His first words, lift up your hands. You have in your heart to build God an auditorium. You will complete it in 24 months. I'm thinking, you should have come two weeks earlier because then I still had a million. Now I'm broke. Two, week, two years later, the auditorium was completed. <clears throat> then we started to sew vehicles. A few years ago, we were sewing vehicles at nine vehicles a year. Last year, I blessed two people with cars. Yeah, two people. We blessed eleven people with houses. I still have a few pastors every month of which I pay their pensions. Pastors that ministered in the kingdom, they never made provision for pension, and I decided I'll take over your pensions. So I'll pay you every month a pension. And then some beautiful things happened. God has blessed us with a few people that came to visit us at many of the restorations. And one of them was Creflo Dollar. So there are a few things I do in my personal life. One of them is I meet with somebody that's bigger than me every month. Sometimes I fly to Cape Town, Johannesburg. I even had international trips. To Washington D.C. And to Canada. Not to go preach. Just to find another Hamaliel. That's bigger than me. Somebody whose wisdom level is higher than me. Whose anointing is bigger than me. Who's slain bigger giants than me. Who dealt with Mammon at a greater level than me. Who's done business at a bigger level than me. Whose marriage is in a better position than me. I need to find that person. Because if you don't. You might be building a spaza shop and think it is macro. Because your worldview will be distorted by the township that we live in. And having township church. And not being exposed to an anointing that's bigger than yourself. We spend on average 140,000 rands a month on fuel. It's our fuel bowl. Now for some people and many people that's a lot of money. But on my last meeting where I found... Another person that's bigger than me, his fuel bill was 1.1 million. Believe me, he could teach me a few things about fleet management that you cannot learn from a university. You must sit with somebody that's bigger than me. I'm now busy writing a book. I believe it will cause a lot of stir in the charismatic field because the book is titled Leadership is not Influence. Leadership is not influence. There is no sound, scriptural, solid foundation to teach leadership influence to lead properly in the kingdom of God. Leadership is not influence. If you teach leadership is influence, then they will use the very same influence To remove you as the set man. Because influence will remove or attract. Something very strange happened. Jesus said to his disciples, the son of man is about to die. The Bible says their first reaction, they said nothing. They all kept quiet. He said it on another occasion, but this time he was basically shouting and screaming. He said... The son of man is about to die. Let it sink into your ears. Speaking to his leadership. I mean, Jesus had another way of speaking to leadership. He said to them, you do not know what spirit you are of. He said to another, get thee behind me, Satan. Now he tells them, let it sink into your ears. Do you know what was their reaction? The reaction of the disciples? The Bible says the one leaned backwards and he asked. Who is the greatest amongst us? Because one of us must take over the ministry. He's going to die. There are more people in church waiting for your exit as the set man. Than what there are people willing to serve you as the set man. There's a price tag on every anointing. Judas was public about that price tag. This is what Paul did. Paul had a bunch of sticks. He made a fire. And the snakes came out. I always make a fire in my leadership. Because unless I make fires in my leadership. I will not know the snakes that is amongst them. So it is important. There are two things that Jesus taught very strong on leadership. He said to them, the very first encounter, come and follow me. Leadership is about who are you following? It's more followership than what it is leadership. You find that a man that has never followed another man and served him will never be ready to do church. They end up with five Disgruntled families and they call the five disgruntled families their congregation. Because you never followed a great man. You could not handle the rebuke of get thee behind me Satan. And you could not handle the rebuke about what spirit you are born of. Allow me to share with you. As we were teaching on finances. This, this happened around about 1998, which is roughly 24 years from now, 25 years. Some miraculous thing happened. And the Spirit of God came upon me and said to me, Jerome, where, you are, where I'm taking you to, you cannot go with debt. Say, where God is taking me to? I must be debt free. Say, I must be debt free. Shout, I must be debt free. There are certain demons, you must kill them before the age of 50. You cannot fight and get into the battle ring after 50 with certain demons. And one of them is a home loan and a bond. You should deal with it before 50. And about 24, 25 years ago, I made a decision not to buy anything on debt. And I had this powerful encounter because I made that decision. I had the encounter with Creflo Dollar. Kreflo was here in PE. He came with his, his jet with gold inlays. Does something to a man that spent a few years in Standard 8 just to be in his presence. And I said to him, I want my own aircraft. He says, I'll pray for you. I said, don't pray. Let me go get a seat. I ran from autobank to autobank. I've thrown a few people. Meet me here. Bring me there. Bring me. I need to get as much money as I possibly can. I said to Greflo, here's my seed. He prayed. He said, you'll get your aircraft. That was about 17 years ago when I bought my first aircraft. It's a powerful experience. Powerful experience when you have your pilot. Prepare your food and your lunch and your fruit welcomes you, Mr. Liberty, where are we going today? It's good to land in George in a couple of minutes and from there in Cape Town a couple of minutes and make a turn in London a couple of minutes. You left in the morning, you had breakfast back home and you have dinner way back at night again because... And I've learned that this is so strong. I cannot recall that in the last 25 years that I've ever had a need. I cannot recall that I've ever prayed for a need to be met in 25 years. But whenever there was a need, I raised the seed. And my need was covered by a seed that was sown. Never fight a sower. I sowed that seed. My finances took a horrible dip after that for a year. But then miraculously God came through. And the gentleman that was doing my finances and was doing my investments, he gave me a call, his name is Dennis. He says to me, Jerome, you're going to be mad at me, but you'll also be glad. He says, I do not know what has happened, but there's an investment here that I cannot even recall that you've ever taken it out. But this thing has matured more than a year ago. And I need to get this money to you. But don't be mad at me. I slipped up. I don't know how I slipped up. I said, I know how it happened. It happened because a year ago, I gave Treflo Dollar my seed. And the money was the exact amount of money to pay cash for the aircraft. I cannot begin, even begin to explain to you what the encounter is. When you step into a BMW dealership, Mercedes-Benz dealership and they ask you, Mr. Liberty, uh, can we help you with finance? Can we ask the lady to call you concerning finance? And then the the hair on your chest stands up and you say, it's okay. I don't need finance. How are you going to pay for it? I'll pay cash for it. Demons get nervous. Demons get nervous. Demons get nervous. And the same happens with property. And I can now tell you. When COVID came. To me it was. I'll take a break. I'll have a holiday. But I'm not going to stress. Because of a bank and a sheriff. Because there's absolutely nothing they can find in me. I need to remind you. God is going to take you to the nations of the world. And you cannot go with this heavy load of debt that you currently have. And you need a supernatural breakthrough out of that. In order for God to accomplish his purpose within your... I have never seen a man whose finances is in a mess that God has used for great things. It was as if God was sending him back. Go first sort out your mess financially. And then I will help you and I will set you free. Now it is so. Poor people has got habits. Is this the right time? Poor people that's got habits. I say poor people, got habits. They watch movies. Rich people make the movie. Poor people buy expensive clothes. Expensive clothes. The other day, you know, nobody can dress like Nigerians. I always marvel. They, have, they are beautiful with their clothing and I marvel. I wish one day one of the Nigerians can just come and dress me up the way, they, you know, I, me also can look good. One day I came to a conference and I came like this. And as I walked in, he says to me, man of God, we've prepared the dressing room for you to get dressed. Poor people buy expensive clothes. How do you know somebody doesn't have money? Look at the expensive clothing. Poor people buy expensive cars. Very expensive cars. Now if you're driving a... Land Rover, but you have a Landlord. We teach our young people to be delivered from the demonic forces of bling bling. You don't come show me your new car unless you show me your house. You show me your house, I bless your house, and then I want to go to your car. There are seven reasons in the book of Proverbs why people are poor. And the number one reason is their sleeping habits. If you do nothing, absolutely nothing, but just wake up one hour earlier for the next three months, your bank balance will start to shift in the right direction purely because you woke up earlier. You don't believe me? The Bible says his mercies are new every morning and by the time you get up, the mercies are gone. My dad used to come in the bedroom with a jug of water, open up the door and threw the water over us under the blankets and says, nobody sleeps this late in my house and bring the spirit of slothfulness in the air. Sleeping habits. Little sleep. Little slumber. And poverty comes upon you like a
0: hijacker.
1: Poor people sleep. We had the honor, you know, how politicians are. They always come around when, you know. And so we had quite a few of them. I gave President Zuma, John C. Maxwell Bible when he came. And all the other presidents, we gave them Bibles. We invested in Bibles. We had Trevor Manuel there. Trevor Manuel at the time was a minister of finance. I said, the posters outside says, Kill poverty. Now that was over 20 years ago. And poverty is now worse than what it was 20 years ago. So I said to him, seeing that you've got the poster on, kill poverty. Can we go out with some heavy machinery and go find poverty and kill it? He says, what are you talking about? I said, there are people begging here on the four-way stop. I've got a hundred thousand. I'll give each one of them a 50,000. Do you think that will solve their problem? Do you think it will solve their problem? That tells me that poverty cannot be eradicated by finances. And it also tells me that finances cannot determine whether you are rich or poor. I've been in meetings where multimillionaires would attend the meeting, but I've seen poverty inside that meeting. Because a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. I was standing in front of a man by the name of Mr. Hector many, many years ago. I was about 20 odd years old. And he says to me, you are very rich. I said, no, sir. I want to be as rich as you, businessman like you. He says, you will be much richer than me ever. I said, no, sir. You are rich. You are wealthy. He says, no, man, you are rich. He says, listen to me. You are rich because you are young. And there's a wealth of opportunity awaits you. In the name of Jesus, I see all these young people here and I proclaim it over you that you will be much more richer than me. And uh, it will become more expensive to preach the gospel. Post-COVID COVID There's a lot more religions. Ideologies. That were coming on center stage. And get a million hits a day. When the church would live stream. For 27 members. There'll be a fight. To keep Christianity. In South Africa alive. Marriage is no more marriage. Women can decide to terminate. A baby in pregnancy, lawfully legalized, and the church is quiet. And I need to tell you that it will be a blessed church that will change the climate in the city of Port Elizabeth. Now, there are a few things that will happen, strangely, that happens. I think it is Proverbs 12, 26. It says, a righteous man chooses friends carefully. Every year, I say goodbye to a few people that I do not take with me into the next year. Last year, I had to leave at least at least seven key people behind in 2021. I could not take them with me Into 2022. Cannot. For their own safety. Because the higher altitude that I'm going to. The oxygen levels becomes thinner. And they will not be able to survive. At my higher level of function. There are some things that could only happen in the life. Of Abraham. After Lot left. The Bible says, when Lot left, God spoke to Abraham. God will not speak to you some secrets until some people leave in your life. They must go. They must leave. We were struggling with church and with building and with ground. And I could not understand why a few things could not happen. And then all of a sudden it happened after a few people left. And the Spirit of God says, I could not bless you with this property whilst they were in your camp, lest they take away the glory that belongs to me and say that they made you rich in the time of your valley. They've got to go before my blessing shows up. Must go. Must go. Must go. And so there are a few things that keeps people poor. A few things kill. Firstly is a mindset. There are three levels. The f- one is a penny near mindset. Penny mindset mindset. Millionaire's mindset and a billionaire's mindset. The worst thing you can ever do at home. When you transfer your own level of intelligence concerning finances, especially if it it enforces poverty thinking, if you transfer that onto your children and your children's children, and you'll make the next generation poor even before they start at school. So you must be very careful on the selection of your vocabulary and what you speak, what is possible and what is impossible so that that spirit does not go into your children. not transfer it into your children's children. The mindset. I wrote and I said that the easiest thing in my life was to raise my first million. The most difficult thing in my life was to believe I can. The most easiest thing was to raise my first million. It's easy for you to raise your first million. You can do it with cook sisters, but it's not the cook sister that will make you rich. It's when you get up four o'clock in the morning that will make the cook sister make you rich. It's the packaging on the cook sister, how you present it to somebody else. That's a level of excellence that will take your cook sister from three rand to 30 rand. It's in your presentation. There are five things that will determine your bank balance. The number one thing that will determine your bank balance is the level of your wisdom. Therefore, Proverbs 4:7 says in all your getting, get wisdom and get understanding. Wisdom. The level of your wisdom will determine the level of your wealth. Your wisdom increases, your wealth increases. Your wisdom increases, your wealth will increase. But who knows, there might come a time one day, you don't play the lotto, but let's say you hit the lotto or a tenderpreneur or inheritance or some way a great amount of money comes into your life. And all of a sudden, your wealth exceeds the level of your wisdom. You can't work it out. You've been to the auto bank, you look at the slip. Can't be. And your wealth level exceeded your wisdom level. But your money will start looking for your wisdom level. And if your wisdom level is at the thousand, it will drop from a hundred million to one thousand. It will find the level of your wisdom because money does not stay with fools. I can be five minutes in your conversation and I will be able to accurately give you your wealth status by interacting with you for five minutes because spirit communicates with spirit. For some people we say hello and goodbye at the same time. So the number one thing that will influence your bank balance Is your wisdom. How do you get wisdom? How do you get it? You can't buy it from pick and pay. How do you get wisdom? The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God will give liberally. Abundantly. You ask for one bag of wisdom, God gives you ten bags. So every single day before I leave my home, Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercies. I need your wisdom today. I need to think at the level that you think for, uh, uh, you think at a level much higher than me. I need your wisdom. And God gives me wisdom. I one day spoke for 210 pastors in America, Washington, D.C. They all had cloaks on the clergy. I was done with my jeans and they asked me, tell me, where do you get your wisdom from? I said, the book of Proverbs. They said, what other books do you read? I said, the book of Proverbs. They said, well, I said, the book of Proverbs. They said, can it be that you got all this wisdom from the book of Proverbs? I said, yes. David says, your word has made me wiser than my enemies. Wisdom. You get wisdom because you ask. You get wisdom because of the kind of people you choose as your friend. Iron sharpens iron. You cannot get wisdom from your cousin who is just as broke as you, and you get financial help and counsel from your cousin who is struggling with please call me. You choose your friends. Iron sharpens iron. That's how you get wisdom. Number three, you get wisdom in the word. Number four is very important you get wisdom by how many times you fall. We teach our young people, go and fall as quickly as you can. You need to make about 10 major mistakes before you succeed in business. You don't go and start business number one and it's all right. No, nobody starts business and just makes it happen. No, those are small businesses. They must still fail. No real business is done on attempt one. You just don't need, you've got to fail. There was a time in my life when I put Shoe tips on ladies' shoes for one a pair. Standing on a four-way stop and getting ladies' shoes and providing them with. Because there was something inside of me. I'm called for greatness. Nations are calling my name. And I've got to be diligent in what I'm doing. And I've got to be an excellent man. God has called me. Now they look at the cars and they look at this and that and the other. And they say, "Ah, oh, no, no, it's not hard. There was a journey. There was a process. So, the first thing that will affect your bank balance is the level of your wisdom. You know what happens, and this happens especially in PE. Pastors who have 50 people flock with other pastors that's also got 50 people. Now, this one calls it a demon, this one also calls it a demon. This one has got hoons, he, le- he leaks the other one's hoons, and this one leaks that one's hoons. So then they criticize the big church. And then pastors of 100 people also deal with pastors of 100 people. And then pastors with 200 people also got other pastors with 200 people. You cannot flock in the same level. You need to break out from the current level in order for you to experience the greater level. This building is so beautiful. The excellence, the color schemes, the carpets, everything is just excellence. But this does not happen because he visited other churches here in PE. It happened because he saw something bigger than PE, outside of PE, and it was brought from there until here. If you only flock with pastors at your level, these things does not happen. So your wisdom level. Let me conclude this thing. The second thing that will affect your bank balance. Is the level of your excellence. Excellence. How excellent is thy way. O Lord. In all the earth. Behold I will show you a more excellent way. Do you know that. You will never follow a man. Whose excellence level. Is less than your own. You will not follow a man excellence. In my business, if there is not a machine that can do something, I design the machine. If there's any function, if it's not on the books, then I make it because I've got to be an excellent man. Joshua, if you observe and do You shall have good success. I do not walk with my eyes closed. My camera has got over 20,000 photos. Every hotel, the entrance hall, the bed, the layout, the bathroom, the layout. First thing, when we built our church, I took photos from the hotel in. Here in P.E. Boardwalk hotel. Hotel. I took all the granite photos and I said, let me build the, the church's toilets like these toilets. Come in with granite. <laughs> level of excellence. You don't get it when you flock. If you are a chicken with other chickens, it doesn't happen. You've got to move out of that level. So the second thing that will influence your bank balance is your excellence. I promise you, your bedroom has been like that for the past 30 years. Your marriage is stalemate. Take the bed, turn it to the other wall. You comb your hair this way for six years. Go this way. If you use red lipstick and nothing has happened, use purple. Do something different. Raise the bar, raise the level of excellence. Don't look like unemployed. Prepare yourself for where you are going to. Raise the level of excellence. The second thing that will affect your bank balance is your excellence. It's a reason why Pam Golding is Pam Golding and Pete Pompey's real estate is Pete Pompey's real estate. And that's the reason you believe the house that Pam Golding sells is more expensive. It's simply because of the level of excellence. Kentucky breaks down the whole shop on the inside. Rearrange it. They change it down into a streetwise three and a streetwise four. It's the same chicken. They shift the level of excellence. John C. Maxwell wrote the book Twenty One Laws of Leadership. Every five years, he changed the cover. The same content, raise the excellence in the bookshelves again. Edgar turns around the shop with a red and hanger sale, and they do the layout totally different. And you buy more dresses because the shop looks different. They launched the Mac Razor. It was gray. The sales came to a pitch and could not sell anymore. They changed it from gray to black and it sells more. And then from black they changed it to green and it sells more. They then changed it to red. Turbo Razor. Omo, they changed the color. And every year they say the strongest Omo. They raise the level and you buy more Omo purely because... The colour has changed. Raise the excellence in your business and raise the income in your life. Number three is the size of your vision. I cannot help it. I think big. We're gonna have a university, not a spasa one. Yeah. Yes. This year, we had our first matriculants from the school. They wrote the exam. We had an 83% pass. Yes. The size of your vision. Number four. The size of your seed. You sow small and you have a small future. I cannot help it by sowing. I've got a friend of mine by the name of Pastor Humphrey. He picks me up when I come to Johannesburg. He doesn't want me to use any other transport. And he tells me, Jerome, I've never seen a man that is so reckless in his sewing. Reckless. You can get money and give it away within an hour. You can bless people. Reckless within their sewing. I started this year and I told all my foremen, 12 of them. I called them and I says, I want to buy each one of you a car at the end of the year. Be firm. Be bold. What I want to sow. When COVID started, I said, the church offered me a salary. I said, okay, give it a discount of 40%. Keep 40% of my salary as a seed. Start at 40% level of sowing. The size of your seed is the size of your future. Hallelujah. Number five. is the size of your mentor, your your counselor. I have people from time to time fly in from Joburg for a one-hour session. Say, why are you doing this? No, I just need to draw strength. When are you going back on the next flight? You mean you've only come here for one hour? I've only come here for one hour. Why is that? What I get from you in one hour will shift my life for five years. The size of your mentor. I'd love to conclude and not take it for granted that everybody is born again. Let me share with you something. My mom and dad is fighting. Domestic warfare. Terrible. My mom is staying with my dad, with her mom, grandma. The lights is switch off. There's no future for the liberties. We're doing bad at school. There's no hope for us. We got a telephone. The whole street was talking. The Liberties got the phone. Have you heard? The Liberties got the phone. TV came out. We had to rush to the neighbors and stand in the yard to look past them to watch the TV. And then when we got the TV, it was black and white with an aerial of a hanger that you need to adjust and go stand and change the channels. Fighting for a loaf of bread, fighting for survival. No hope for the Liberties. Shabin was next door. My father would stock the Shabin's liquor in our house so that when they have a raid, they find nothing at the shabin because all the liquor is here. Then he would take the liquor to them one case at a time and they would honor him for his custody a bottle at a time. And he could not, he could not get out from the strong man of alcohol abuse. And my mom was no longer living with us. And he came home one day and he walked towards the calendar. I've got two minutes to tell you the most important story ever. And he says, Jerome, something happened at work. I said, what? He said, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I said, This man must be crazy because he he kept us away from the church that would clap hands and speak in tongues and fall in the spirit. How can it be that you got involved with these people, the very people you said we must stay away from? He says, you I don't want to tell you a word of a lie. I've seen God. And how I know he's seen God by the Friday when he got his pay packet. He took out his tithe. He said, I've read about the tithe. And he sent me to the post office to send his tithe to the Bible Society long before we even found a church to fellowship with. Sister says, found Jesus. 1976, the country is burning. A white man from the Anglican church drove from Charlotte to our house because he believed in his heart the liberties or some destiny in God. I need to keep them and share with them the Lord Jesus Christ. We were poor. He brought brown bread with him. We made black tea for communion. And black tea and brown bread, we had our communion. And I had my God encounter and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I am not here to tell you about cars and aircrafts and, and clothing and all of the blessings and how rich and what God has done. I'm here to tell you that there is a heaven and there is a hell, and you need to make a decision who oh, you will serve. And only by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ can your life be changed. There is nothing else. There is no Goma, no fortune talent, no power, no ideology, no cult that can bring you the joy that can come from Jesus and Jesus alone. I plead with you. it is appointed unto man once to die and thereafter the judgment. I plead with you. Young man, why would you taste sin? When God has got a calling for the nations and your name is on it. Why are you tweaks between the two? It's your time to make right with God. God bless you.